This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's Wednesday, August 23rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. So, Hoynes, have you heard any good rumors lately? <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard one yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I heard one yesterday, and then uh, about uh, an hour later, uh, it was coming to life right in front of our face. Uh, Terry Francona uh, not coming out directly and saying uh, that, that this could be it, this could be the uh, the final year for him. Uh, he, he, I understand what Tito did yesterday in, in sort of talking about it, but not talking about it. Uh, and, and now we get to speculate and we get to think for the next 35 games and, you know, the next sort of month of, you know, when the announcement's going to come, what's going to happen. Uh, but, uh, Tito, uh, you know, admitted that he's had talks with the front office, serious talks about the future beyond this year. And, you know, whether or not he's in position to retire, or, uh, he's certainly earned the the right to decide, you know, when and how he goes. Uh, but uh, this came as kind of a shock to everybody uh, yesterday. We, you know, we, we thought that we were going to walk in there for the opening game of a series against the Dodgers. And all of a sudden it's uh, it's speculating about Tito's future with the franchise. Yeah, definitely, Joe. And, uh, you know, it came out of, like it, like you said, it came out of nowhere, really. Uh, I think Tito was asked how he was feeling. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden we're, we're getting, you know, he's kind of beat up. He's He feels old. And uh, that morphs into, uh, you know, he's had serious, serious uh, talks with uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff about his future. And uh, it certainly sounded like he's getting ready to uh, walk away, Joe. Yeah, and and that's that's a better way to put it uh, is 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 walk away is doing it on his own terms and when when he feels comfortable and not you know when uh, he's being forced out or the game is passed him by or anything like that. It, it's more of uh you know when when Tito feels it's time to go that's that's when when he should uh, and just look at what he's accomplished here in Cleveland and and what we've. Uh, grown accustomed to uh, over the last 11 seasons, uh, it's going to be a, a major change when it does happen. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, taken this team to the postseason six times, won an American League uh, pennant in 2016, went to game seven in the um, you know, in the World Series against the Cubs that same year. Uh, you know, he's a three-time AL Manager of the Year by the BBWA. Uh, and the winningest manager in franchise history. So, you know, that's that's a pretty good resume uh, to go out on if you're going to walk into the sunset. So but still, yes, you know, uh, it's, it's he's, he's made it a tough act to follow for for whoever comes in and replaces him. If, if that indeed is what transpires. Yeah, and we can get into uh, speculating on what that job search uh, might look like eventually here. But 
you know, why uh, why doesn't Terry Francona want to just come out right now? Wouldn't it be easy for him to just say, yep, right now, it, it's it, this is it, uh, the end of the season, I'll be done uh, walking away, and, and that's it. Uh, he, he sort of played it more closely to the vest, and, and without coming right out and saying it, he kind of said it to us, but uh, nothing's official as of this time. Yeah, I think he he said he he wanted to put the team first, the organization first. Uh, I guess he didn't want to make it all about him these last, you know, six weeks of the season. Um, so, you know, that's understandable. But to my point of view, Joe, it's, it's hard not to make it all about him. You know, you, the season is not going the way they wanted. Uh, you know, they are, you know, on the cusp of uh, contention um, and, uh, you know, He's got a young team. So, I mean, I think the focus, you know, whether Tito wants it or not, is going to be on Tito until a decision is made. Yeah. And all of his, uh, you know, his lasts and his, you know, final, you know, trip to so-and-so or, or whatever, those are all going to be, um, the, you know, on people's minds as, as we go down the stretch here, these final 35 games. But uh, I, I keep going back to Tito just, you know, saying, I, I I don't want it to be about me. Like you said, it, it, it just, it's automatically going to be that way because of his status and his stature in the clubhouse, in, uh, in the organization, in the community, uh, he's beloved in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, he said that this year's performance wasn't going to dictate the team's performance, wasn't going to dictate whether or not he made that decision. Uh, but you know, you got to believe that the guys are going to, you know, fight for him down the stretch and, and, and want to go out a winner. Yeah, it would be great if they, you know, could go out a winning record. I think he's been, a, he's only had what, maybe two seasons, one season where they haven't had a winning record. Uh, and you know, they've got 35, 36 games left. Uh, you know, it's still possible. They look, they certainly look like a different ball club last night against the Dodgers. Uh, it would, you know, if this is a rallying cry, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Nuke Rockney speech, you know, win one for the Gipper, uh, maybe, maybe it'll, who knows if that can work in baseball. Yeah. Win one for Tito might be on a t-shirt somewhere. Who knows? Uh, what are, uh, if this does come to pass and I, I would pretty much bet my house on it that it, it would, uh, what are you going to miss most about Terry Francona and, and covering him? Uh, on a daily basis uh, with this with this club, you know I, I'll I'll miss kind of the openness, uh, you know, just the honesty that you got every day, just the uh, down to earth thing. I mean, you could you know you, you could laugh with Tito. He could also you know get under your skin a little bit. He if you asked a stupid question, you know you were taking uh, you were going to walk across the coals and bare feet too. So you know, uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I'll miss that, the give and take and, uh, you know, and just, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't like he was going to, you know, like throw a bunch of baseball terms at you. You know, we weren't going to talk about a linear progression of a, of a player's development. You were going to tell he was going to tell you, well, we think this guy, you know, is all right. We think this guy is OK or, or we, th- we don't think this guy's a prospect. You didn't have to be you know, delve into uh, Bill James and and memorize the sabermetrics dictionary to talk baseball with him. Yeah, there are uh, there's a, a, a whole book full of, uh, you know, Tito isms and, 
you know, little phrases that you pick up on after several years of of hearing them over again. And and, and, the, and the little phrases tell you what Tito's thinking about a certain player, whether or not, you know, he thinks this kid can play or not. And uh, even uh, how he talks to veterans or about veterans, it's uh, it, it, it's there. There was a, a comfort level of just picking up, uh, you know, the patterns and, and the everything over these ele- last 11 seasons that, uh, you know, made made it kind of fun, uh, you know, covering Tito. I'll always remember uh, just sitting there on Sunday mornings, usually uh, or, you know, at, at certain points during uh, pregame press conferences, media availability. And, you know, we'd, we'd been talking to him for five, six, seven minutes, uh, gotten out every question that we need. Uh, and then he had a question um, usually about basketball or something that happened, uh, you know, in, on, on a, in a game the night before. And, you know, he'd say, shut the cameras off and, you know, and then just sit there and, and, and talk with you for a few minutes. And you get some some really great stories. And he's, he's just a really good storyteller. And I think that's an important thing that we're going to miss uh, at some point. Uh, eventually, um, I'm sure w- there will be opportunities to bring him back for, you know, Hall of Fame ceremonies and all sorts of other, uh, um, you know, uh, highlights and, and things like that. But uh, at some point, we're going to be without Tito here. And, and that leads into, you know, who is going to be uh, sitting in that spot in the dugout, in that in that manager's chair. And and what what's a, a way too early short list of you know, potential candidates that, that you might be able to throw out there uh, to, to you know, be the next Guardians manager. Yeah, uh, Joe, if you, I think, you know, first we got to look internally. You know, you've got to look at Tito's staff and the, uh, the, uh, co- the coaching staff that the front office has assembled. You know, I think, uh, you know, DeMarlo Hales, the bench coach, you know, he took over for Tito. Uh, in the in 2021, when Tito stepped aside for health reasons, uh, Sandy Alomar, of course, you know, is the kind of the internal candidate, the first base coach. He's been here forever. You know, maybe the the most popular guardian uh, uh, next to Francona in, in Cleveland, and uh, you know, Mike Sarbaugh, maybe you know, he's got a vast experience of uh, minor league managing. Uh, you know, the third base coach. Uh, Chris Vileka, I, I, maybe he's, I don't know if he's still trying to establish himself as a hitting coach, but he certainly seems to, uh, you know, I think he could be a managerial candidate. And what do you think about Andy Tracy, Joe? Yeah, I, I think Andy Tracy would be a natural to at least be considered or uh, at least get an interview possibly uh, just because uh, he's, you know, with this young club, he's had all these young guys come through Columbus at, at some point. So, you know, he's familiar with the entire uh, roster uh, in, in that way. Uh, even, uh, you know, Ruglis Odor in, um, uh, in Akron, another guy who's, you know, the winningest manager in, in Akron history. So, uh, you know, all those guys could be considered. Uh, I, I think uh, Sandy Alomar would be one you would have to convince him uh, that maybe he uh, would want that uh, or want to go for it. Uh, he's, he's like we've talked about in the past before, he's he's been uh, considered a candidate uh, for other jobs in the past and uh, not gotten them. And I think he, that that's sort of worn on him uh, in terms of the, you know, he's, he gets a little frustrated with the, the whole process, but, you know, maybe if they tell him, Hey, you'd be a, a, a good guy and a good candidate uh, that we would consider, 
maybe he would go for it. Uh, I, I, this would be one that if he didn't, if he wanted it and went for it and didn't get it, uh, that could, you know, that would be crushing for him. And I don't think, uh, anybody wants to, to see that. Um, uh, as far as, uh, external candidates, uh, you know, uh, a lot of guys who are, are currently in managerial roles, uh, with other clubs, uh, could be considered, but you threw out one, uh, uh, a guy who's a personality who's on Major League Baseball Network uh, and and coached the the USA baseball team in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, Mark DeRosa. You know, he played here not not for very long, but he played here for you know about ten fifteen years ago. Uh, you know, he's uh, you know he's you know like you listen to him on on TV and uh, you know he is really he's into baseball. You you can tell he's he's eager to manage. I don't know if he you know you want to. You know, if if that's that's really the course he w- wants to follow. But Joe, you know, whoever comes in, especially an external candidate, they, they have to know what they're getting into. And you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, when Terry Francona got the job, what after the 2012 season, <clears throat> you know, uh, Antonetti sat him down and said, "Listen, <laughs> this isn't Boston. You know, you're not going to have a 200 million dollar payroll. We're going to play kids. <clears throat> We're going to develop players." at the big league level, young players, and, you know, you're going to have to adjust. And are these guys from the outside willing to adjust? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why, like, uh, you know, I've, I've heard some people throw around uh, names of guys like if Aaron Boone gets let go by the Yankees, uh, could could he be a candidate? Uh, something that would make him attractive would be uh, Matt Blake, their uh, their pitching coach, could could also join him if, if that's uh, – uh, a possibility, and Blake uh, obviously has a history here in Cleveland. He was uh, the the hitting, or I'm sorry, the pitching uh, program uh, coordinator uh, before he we went over to uh, the Yankees as their pitching coach. Uh, but but would Boone be able to manage a, a team that that didn't have a 200 million dollar payroll? Could he be effective? Do they do they think that he would be a winning manager in in that kind of capacity? Uh, what about Kevin Cash? Uh, you know if the if the if the Rays fall flat in the playoffs and uh, you know have another first round exit, would he be a a, a guy? He's on uh, what he's got one more year on his contract plus an option year uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, the the Rays could could easily uh, part ways with him. And if he's if he's on the market, I would I would imagine that he's at the top of the list uh, in, here in Cleveland uh, simply because of his familiarity with those things you were talking about. Uh, you know, knowing what the the payroll constraints are and how to operate within this system. Uh, but Kevin Cash, certainly a guy who, um, you know, has has earned a, a top status among coaches. Uh, so, yeah, there there shouldn't be a shortage of candidates. Obviously, the, the Guardians job would be attractive to a manager, particularly a young up and coming manager. Uh, to, to see what they've, they've got uh, to, to build around with, you know, these three rookie starters in the rotation and, you know, some pieces here, but uh, but a serious lack of power throughout the the lineup. Um, you know, these are things that uh, a new manager will have to address. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, it, this is a, this is a great job for this is a good you know, this would be a great job. It's a great opportunity you, you're gonna have you're gonna have everything but a big payroll, Joe. You're gonna have talent. You're gonna have uh, you know prospects. You're gonna have support. You're gonna have uh, scouts. You're gonna have you know the the uh, both the best of both worlds from you know the analytics 
to the scouting department. Uh, you know, I, I always remember uh, 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 Francisco Lindor saying, you know, we, before he was traded, he goes, I love it in Cleveland. They just don't have enough money, you know, to keep me uh -huh. here. I, you know, everything else is perfect. And I think, you know, that would go for a manager, too. So, like we said, you know, if if you come in here and if you're especially if you're a veteran manager, like a Joe Girardi or somebody like that, you would have to, uh, you know, know what you're getting into and t uh, like Tito did and make the best of it like Tito did. That's the hard part. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you know, the question occurs to me, what is is Cleveland a better job for a new up and coming manager or a manager who's already had experience in another place? And, and coming here like Tito, you know, won his championships in Boston and then came here uh, and, and was successful because, you know, he didn't have anything to prove is is a manager who's got something to prove coming here. Is that, you know, a, a bad fit? Because, you know, you've got to be able to work within the constraints of what what basically what this franchise is. Or or is this uh you know a you know better suited for a a, a more established manager who uh you know the expectations aren't going to be that that he puts a, a a championship team on the field every year? Yeah, I, you know that's a great question. You know, I'm I'm thinking back on uh you know for a long time they always promoted from within. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know Mike Hargrove was uh Mike Hargrove and uh, Eric Wedge. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think. Uh, Charlie Manuel. Charlie Manuel came. You know, Joel Skinner was an interim. You know, Sandy Alomar was an interim. Um, you know, and uh, I'm trying. Uh, the first time I noticed they went outside the organization, this was a, long, a while ago, was was John McNamara from Boston mm -hmm. in the 1990s. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think that's changed a little bit. I don't think they they necessarily go for a young guy that I don't think they'd they, you know, turn away from an experienced manager. Uh, Manny Acta was an experienced manager. He, you know, he managed in with the Nationals uh, before he took the job here. Uh, you know, the, that was the last manager before Tito. So, you know, I guess we're going to have to uh, dust off the uh, policies and see, you know, just, where, you know, what, what, what's on the mind of Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff. Well, the one thing we do know about Antonetti and Chernoff uh in terms of hiring uh, executives and front office people, uh, they've been able to to find, identify, develop uh, guys that have, have gone on to other organizations and had success. There's a whole, you know, uh, executive tree of, uh, you know, guys who had experience in Cleveland's organization before moving on uh, elsewhere. So uh, there's just like that with Tito, he's developed, a, 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 you know, a, a bunch of uh, good coaches that have gone on to, to other spots. Uh, who knows? Uh, maybe a guy who was was here like uh, 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 Hudson, uh, who's, who's in Boston. Maybe that's a guy who, you know, might get some consideration, not for this job, but somewhere down the line. So uh, the timing's got to be right as well. So, you know, just look for look for who the the guys who have been in their positions for a, a couple of years and, and settled in and, and, and had success there. Uh, those are the guys uh, that will be sort of on the front lines for this, uh, this job search when it does take place. Uh, and, and we don't know for sure that it's going to happen this, this off season, but uh, it's more than likely coming. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, I want to take a second here 
to uh, mention subtext uh, yesterday when when the news about Tito broke, we had it uh, right out there immediately to our our subtext subscribers um, on on Klim.com slash subtext. That's where you can go to subscribe. It's three ninety nine a month to get text updates immediately sent to your phone and to ask your questions, uh, you know, of us and our opinions on what we think about the um, the latest developments. Uh, you get those immediately, uh, you know, without having to go through. Uh, Twitter or, or anything anywhere else on social media. Uh, 216-208-4346 is uh, the number to, to send a text message to to subscribe or go to cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, Hoinsey, didn't want to overlook uh, the, the contributions last night of uh, Noah Syndergaard and Cole Calhoun. Uh, both actually were in the Dodgers organization uh, earlier in this season, before they were acquired by the Guardians, uh, both came through kind of big in that win uh, last night by the Guardians. Yeah, definitely. You know, Syndergaard was was really uh, that's a, probably his best start as as a as a Guardian. You know, he gives up the two run homer in the first inning, and you're sitting there thinking, uh oh. But then you know he kind of reels it in, gives up one more over the next uh, you know. Over the next five innings, he gives him six solid innings, a quality start, uh, you know, really encouraging after, you know, he kind of stubbed his toe against Cincinnati the last time out. And then uh, Calhoun gets the big three-run homer in the uh, fifth run, in the five-run seventh and put the game away. So a big night for both those guys. Yeah, Calhoun, uh, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't good enough to crack their uh, their lineup uh, at any point while he was with the organization in the minors for two months this season. Uh, but he comes back and he, he sort of, uh, you know, uh, delivers in, in the clutch for Cleveland. Uh, and, you know, Tito said before the game, uh, boy, I wish we would have had him eight years ago uh, in, in, in this uh, position. So you could tell Tito really likes uh, Cole Calhoun as a veteran, as a, as a contributor, and what he's meant to the clubhouse just in the in the two weeks that he's been here. Uh, and the contributions that he's made already. Uh, speaking of making contributions, Jose Ramirez uh, in the seventh inning, in that five-run seventh inning, that's the first time they've scored five runs in an inning since July 18th, by the way. Uh, Jose Ramirez delivered the go-ahead RBI single, uh, and that was his 23rd go-ahead uh, RBI of the season, second most in the American League, fourth most in baseball. Uh, and it came on a, a big day for Jose. Uh, earlier in the day, they dedicated the uh, the refurbished field over at Clark Fields, uh, Jose Ramirez Field, a nice, uh, beautiful turf school district uh, school, will be playing their home games on. Uh, just a, a big day for Jose Ramirez as well. Yeah, that was really nice. Uh, you know, Jose, like we've said, is, you know, trying to become a bigger part of this community. You know, he's obviously signed a long-term deal. Uh, it's nice to have a, you know, no matter who you are, it's nice to have a field named after you. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 to have him come through it, I, last night was had to be a kind of half a special day for him. Yeah, and uh, not only, and this was mentioned um, yesterday to Tito, but not only uh, was it, dedicating uh, his field uh, they had a little ceremony out there uh, prior to the the ball game uh six of Ramirez's teammates came out and they didn't have to do this this was on their own time uh Josh Naylor Tanner Bybee Logan Allen Xavier Curry Stephen Kwan 
uh, and even Ramon Laureano was out there, along with Victor Rodriguez, the assistant hitting coach, and T.J. McGuire. Uh, they they showed up and and turned out and supported Jose in this uh, at the field dedication, and and that's got to make him feel special in terms of. You know, he's he's the guy that everybody loves in that clubhouse and they all look forward to, to being around him. And, and uh, for for his teammates to come out like that was pretty important. Yeah, he makes it he makes that team go, you know, on and off the field. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, talks to everybody. You know, uh, there's there's no clicks with Jose. He's uh, you know, he's a guy that they all look to. <clears throat> and as Tito said, he's revered in that clubhouse. Uh, we didn't get a chance to see Eric Haas uh, make his, I guess, return debut with uh, the Guardians yesterday. Uh, but at some point, probably in this series, we're going to see him uh, behind the plate or in, in, at least at the at the plate uh, because uh, because he's a right-handed bat. Uh, was was Zach Collins sort of the victim of just the fact that he hit left-handed and the guard uh, the the Dodgers came into town with five lefties in their bullpen, so. Uh, the, the Guardians made this move to to sort of be able to to counter that. You know that's what it sounded like. It sounded like that, Joe, when uh, T, when Tito was asked about Haas and how they were going to use him. Uh, you know, and especially if you know Fry is getting close to going out on a rehab game. You know, a rehab assignment, and uh, you know Cam Gallagher is making progress. You know, from the concussion, he was out there throwing to, to second base. Uh, uh, you know, before uh, last night's game. So you're wondering, you know, just where Eric Koss fits. Uh, Tito said uh, they've been very honest with him. Chris Antonetti was very upfront with them. So, you know, maybe this is to combat those lefties in the bullpen. But, you know, hopefully Haas gets to stick around a little longer than that. Yeah, maybe a, a, a couple of games. Uh, who knows? But uh, you, you definitely don't want to push things with Cam Gallagher, especially like we talked about yesterday with the uh, you know, any sort of brain injury. Uh, speaking of injuries, Cal Quantrill will start uh, again on Saturday uh, against the, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp uh, at uh, at Columbus. Uh, that's where he'll make his next start. And then uh, I would think if there's no setbacks, if, uh, if there's nothing else, uh, if he comes through it physically fine, uh, his next start after that could be with the big league club and could potentially be on the next road trip uh, which uh, goes to Toronto and then uh, Minnesota. Uh, you, you know, Cal Quantrill probably wanted to be back in time to try and make a start in Toronto, uh, you know, his hometown. But uh, I don't think he's going to be back in time for that. Uh, we could see him next week uh, on the road in Minnesota. Yeah, Joe, I was thinking, uh, you know, wh- I was talking to Mandy Bell from MLB.com, and how do you think – you know, she suggested that maybe they uh, go with a six-man rotation when Cal comes back, and uh, or you know, may or at least when you get into September, and that way, you know, you keep everybody in the rotation, and uh, you're able to uh, you know kind of monitor the innings of the four rookies in that in that rotation. Yeah, I think it would maybe cut down on uh, maybe it would eliminate at least one more start for each of the, the the rookies. I think you also have to taper their innings at some point. Uh, maybe you know tell them, hey, you're only going five today, or you know make that available. And and it'll be easier to do that once you hit September because the rosters what they expand by one. Uh, you yeah, one it's not like yeah, it's yeah, not, not like the not old like days. Not like the old days. Yeah. Uh, or you're carrying, you know, your entire 40-man roster on the in, in September, not uh, 
not going to be the case, but uh, I think it'll be easier to taper some innings, easier to go uh, shorter for some of these these starters and keep an eye on them. Uh, but maybe a, a six-man rotation, you know, works. And plus, you're, you've also got to consider you got to find spots for if uh, uh, Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie, if the clock doesn't run out on the two of them because they've got to get up on the mound and, and start throwing bullpens if they're going to be uh, in, in any sort of shape to come back and start games. Um that's, uh, you know, you want to at least see them pitch before the end of the season, hopefully, uh, if they're feeling better. So uh, you got to make room for that in the rotation. And, and all that's, you know, predicated on are you still going to be in contention for the, the division at the end of uh, at the end of September? Uh, or by then, are you fully looking forward to the uh, the end or the, the start of next season? Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. They're five games out right now. The uh, Twins lost last night. Uh, you know, every time you you think it's the season is over, they kind of you know there's a there's like a, a ray of sunshine. So I, I'm not sure where this team is right now, but yeah, uh, you know the good thing about uh, getting work for McKenzie and Bieber, uh, that AAA season runs through I think September 27th. So you're able to uh, probably hopefully get those guys a couple rehab games before they come back and, and maybe pitch a game or two uh, for the big league club. Yeah, so all you got to do is uh, sweep the Dodgers. That's uh, no big deal. All you got to do is sweep the Dodgers and, and you stay in contention. Uh, I, this season uh, has been uh, just uh, crazy on, on uh, from all sides uh, coming through. All right, uh, Hoynes, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we get to talk to Chris Antonetti today after we talk to Tito, so – We'll see if anything develops out of that, uh, and we'll uh, report back on it uh, tomorrow's edition. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.